0: Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Monday, April 17th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have SCOTUS weakening the administrative state, questions as to who can strike on behalf of whom, Dominion v. Fox delayed by a day, an Auric lawsuit, and a question of appeals court competence. Let's see to it that April showers bring May flowers in today's legal news. Two recent U.S. Supreme Court cases merged in a combined ruling, those are Axon Enterprise v. FTC and SEC v. Cochran, allows the SEC and the FTC's in-house litigation defendants to sue the regulators and is expected to increase the number of constitutional challenges against two of the most powerful regulators and other federal agencies with a similar structure. The change will allow enforcement targets to challenge the agency's constitutional authority in federal district court without waiting for an in-house judge's decision as was previously required. The first direct attack against SEC authority has already been lodged at the Supreme Court. The SEC and the FTC will have to more aggressively defend their use of administrative law judges and in-house courts against accusations that they violate due process rights. The ruling will allow companies to shop for friendly district courts when they're hit by administrative proceedings, such as an FTC suit attempting to block a merger. The change may also force agencies to expend more resources as they litigate on multiple fronts and is of a piece with some of our earlier reporting wherein courts have used the major questions doctrine to resist deferring to agency statutory interpretation where the underlying matter is of major economic or political significance. In sum, we may be about to see a substantially weakened administrative state. Food distributor Cisco is arguing that unionized workers cannot strike in solidarity with Cisco workers in the Midwest because they technically don't work for the same company. This follows a recent strike by Cisco workers in Indiana and Kentucky over wages and retirement benefits. Cisco workers belonging to Teamster's Local 117 in Washington State followed suit, but Cisco Seattle filed a complaint in U.S. District Court stating that its workers could not join the picket because its operation is a separate entity from Cisco Louisville and Cisco Indianapolis. The pending lawsuit raises the question of whether large, multi-pronged corporations are one employer or multiple employers under the law. While the strikes in Indianapolis and Louisville have already ended, the answer is not immediately clear but will depend on the facts of the case. While federal law allows workers to strike against their employers, it doesn't extend to third parties, although the Labor Management Relations Act also permits sympathy strikes, which are different from secondary strikes. The outcome of this case, should it be decided against workers, will significantly weaken labor and provide owners with a path forward to minimize the impact of strikes by creating separate regional entities. The start of Dominion Voting System's $1.6 billion defamation trial against Fox News has been delayed by a day, and sources say that Fox is pursuing settlement talks. The trial is over the network's coverage of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Dominion is accusing Fox of ruining its reputation by airing baseless claims that its machine secretly changed votes in favor of Democrat Joe Biden, who defeated then-President Donald Trump, a Republican, in the 2020 presidential election. Dominion is asking for $1.6 billion in damages, a figure Fox has said is unrealistic and based on flawed economic modeling. The trial is considered a test of whether Fox's coverage crossed the line between ethical journalism and the pursuit of ratings, as Dominion alleges and Fox denies. Rupert Murdoch, the founder of Fox News, is set to testify, along with a parade of Fox executives and on-air hosts, including Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Janine Pirro. U.S. law firm Auric Harrington & Sutcliffe is facing a $10 million lawsuit in California over claims that it misled a Hong Kong tribunal when it sought to enforce an arbitration award against a large Chinese real estate developer. Hong Kong-based Global Industrial Investment Limited, a subsidiary of China Fortune Land Development, filed the lawsuit seeking more than $9.8 million in damages for malicious prosecution and abusive process. Orx clients won a $9.3 million award in 2019, and the firm sought to enforce it in courts in Hong Kong and in the United States. Orx used Hong Kong-based garnishment orders to freeze bank accounts belonging to global industrial investment as part of enforcing the arbitration award, the lawsuit alleged. The Hong Kong court in 2020 set aside the arbitration order after finding, quote, a deliberate attempt to hide relevant material. In a court filing, Orx attorneys denied acting with malice and accused global industrial investment of waging a retaliatory campaign against the law firm. A federal appeals judge, Pauline Newman, is under investigation by her own court for allegedly failing to carry out her duties and refusing to respond to other judges' concerns, court officials at the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit said. An order signed by Federal Circuit Chief Judge Kimberly Moore said a three-judge committee had determined that Judge Pauline Newman, who is 95, may, quote, suffer a disability that interferes with her ability to perform the responsibilities of her office. Newman is also under investigation for misconduct for refusing to cooperate with the probe or submit to a medical evaluation. Newman is a leading intellectual property law jurist and a prominent dissenter on the patent-focused federal circuit. The federal circuit acknowledged the probe in a statement. It is highly unusual for a U.S. judge to face a complaint from a colleague on the bench, especially on an issue as delicate as their competence to serve. Thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew, and my co-host Gina is at Gina. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow, and until then, remember, raisins are nature's candy.